0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster
1: Ranger.
2: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am
4: Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished Adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. We're never going to get into this game. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when discussions reveal secrets that the Heralds have sworn to protect, their guide, Carissa Kinaburro, declares the mission a failure and refuses to help any longer. A tense argument erupts, revealing Carr is Bernie's aunt, and that when the cleric was young, her family surrendered her to the Temple of Bay for political and monetary gain, forcing Bernie to change her name and become the cleric her friends know today. Carr says she participated in the order to save Bernie's life, as the choice was between exile with the temple or death. After getting assurances from Professor Wood that the secrets that were accidentally revealed will be safe, the group decides to rejoin her in teleporting to Neverwinter. There, they hope to gain some allies and find a safe location where they can force a confrontation with a fiend that is trying to take control of the amulet that Travancore is attempting to destroy. Carr has decided to stay behind to clean up what mess is left and to head back to Mirabar uh! and takes her leave. That didn't leave is a where a we mess. begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, aka Oboe. And yes... As as far as she's concerned, you left a mess that she has to clean up. You're all gonna disappear on her and she has to explain it to everybody. But that's okay, <clears throat> because that's what she thinks, and Bernie can think what she thinks, and I'm the one who gives the recap. I'm also drinking <laughs> I'm also drinking pomegranate juice and a tiny bit of vodka. Not just just enough to make me happy, but a very large thing of pomegranate juice in my yawning portal mug. Because that also makes me happy. Bernie, what are you drinking?
3: Uh, I also have vodka. Steven made me a screwdriver. So for those of Ooh. you who don't
4: know, or maybe
3: are not old enough to drink yet, it's vodka and orange juice. It's very good. And I have a whole bunch of water in my wonderful, wonderful mug given to me hey. by by a certain barbarian. It's so wonderful. I want to drink out of it forever. It's my permanent, no matter what I'm having to drink, I will have something probably in in this mug every time we play D&D.
2: Mm. Aw. Yep. It fills my little rage-filled heart with love.
4: It's, it's awesome. I would totally be drinking out of that mug, but I drank out of it earlier and I need to wash it. Jonathan.
0: Hand wash only. What are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Bad Fuscular. And tonight, I have a White Claw. It is out of a very similar mug to the one Jules had. <laughs> also, it is a very similar drink to the one I had a lot this weekend. Thank you, John, for making sure that uh, there was plenty of White Claw available, not only to me, but discerning guests as well. Thank you very much. I wanted
2: everybody to be able to have fun at my wedding.
4: And we did. We yeah.
0: really, really, really did. And Tonight's Shot of Fireball, to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to... Matthew Mercer, why not? Because he liked our tweet today. I'm sure he went down a big list of tweets and liked a bunch of them. But he was like, hey, pimp your projects here. And so uh, we did. And we had our good friend Al. You know what, Al? You get to share this one, too, because you're in there showing out for us. Thank you, Al. And this is in the little Bucky's shot glass that if you were hanging out this weekend, you probably saw. You probably saw a picture of it, too. And uh, this is this is for
4: you guys. This is for Al Stover and Matthew Mercer. Thank you. And thank you. And Travencore, what are you drinking? Imagine
3: being Matthew Mercer. So lucky to get mentioned a long
1: time Give it a young aspiring uh, D&D player slash dungeon master. Uh, a little bit a That emerging talent. <laughs> that dungeon junk's rub.
4: He's, he's on that little show that people don't know too much about. that are, I've heard pretty good things. You should all check it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fun fact, I'm pretty sure Matthew Mercer and I were born on the same day.
3: You can probably Google that.
1: Yeah. You can probably, yeah. All right. Well, good people of Faerun, Travancore's choice this evening. I don't have my mug because I don't put new drinks in the mug. Only mugworthy drinks go in that are proven. What I do have is uh, an entry into the Cider War <laughs> that might be familiar to some of us. It's Crispin. Persecco,
0: hey! Boo. But also <laughs> Yay! Okay, I'm not booing the pun. I'm booing the Crispin, which is only redeemed because of the pun. Proceed, please.
1: Okay, well well we'll see if this uh Perseco is up to snuff.
4: Parasecco. It's a pretty can. I'm i I'm a fan of the shiny can. It's dry. Uh, it's not bad. It actually
1: reminds me a little bit of it's like. If Crispin was white cloth, what it would taste like. It's actually oh, dear. it might be low calorie. Look, oh, it's one hundred it's only hundred and thirty five calories, so I think it might be like a like a low calorie crispin. Yeah,
4: it's probably hundred and twenty five calories
1: worth of sugar though. Well, that's uh that's less sugar than normal in a in a cider, <laughs> so uh, so I'll take it, you know. This if, is true. If there's a way to enjoy a cider without all the uh the extra stuff that comes with the cider vis a vis fructose sucrose
3: fructose or sucrose
1: yeah one of All your... those oses yeah scientists please get back to me but yeah one probably one of those
3: scientists don't at me i'm going rogue
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you some rogue science
4: the scientists will follow you uh finally carlton what are you drinking
2: i have if i were still the drinking type i would be having some of the copious amounts of beer and wine left over from my wedding but Alas, I am not. So that is all for my wife and/or whatever party I decide to throw up between now and whenever. So I am drinking key lime La Croix. Ah.
4: Ooh.
0: Ooh. Yes.
2: not just lime lequa, key lime.
4: Key lime. It's uh-huh. much better
2: than the regular lime.
4: A taste of the tropics in the middle of February, where I heard it snowed in Austin. It
2: did last night. We got a whopping eighth of an inch.
4: Aww. I we fled Austin just in time oh, no. to, for Austin snow. <laughs> I had my wedding, it was
2: 73 degrees. Three days later, it snowed. (laughs) Global climate change, everybody. It's real. Yeah,
4: it is. You know, it's not real D&D. We're going to play it right now. That's my transition and I'm sticking to it. You are all in a magnificent mansion where a lot of drama has just gone on that I recapped in the recap because that's what recaps are for. So you are still... In the drawing room of this magnific- magnificent mansion made by Professor Wood, Jonathan's former teacher and current awesome person who came to help. Uh, you've watched as Carissa Kinneborough has left in a sad huff, which is a thing. And you had come to a couple of conclusions on what you wanted to do next. I think Professor Wood is probably still finishing up her bath and is going to show up momentarily. Is there anything else you would like to do? Or at this point, are you just waiting for her to finish up and you're all going to go to Neverwinter? Bernie's
3: going to take, like, several shots.
4: Yeah, there's there's a lot. Of, Jonathan the
0: muscular is also kind of nervous because he hasn't been back to Neverwinter since he graduated and left. So, he like, I imagine the capital S spellcasters are both sitting down, clap, 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 <laughs> clap, <laughs> shot. <laughs> clap, clap, shot.
4: You had just gotten finished with a very nice hug and reaffirming your your love for one another, so I will say that that is probably helping the nerves a little bit, but yes, there's a lot of clapping and chotting going on
3: um how many do you know actually uh, I don't know if I want to know the answer to this question, but do you know how long her baths usually last Jonathan
0: how long oh her her baths uh I, I huh I don't actually know.
3: That's what actually, you know what? I didn't think there was a right answer. There is a right answer to
0: that question. <laughs> you know, I I mean, I I always had an admiration for for uh Professor Wood and Jonathan the Magic Muscular, you know, certainly recognizes the attractiveness of this woman, but I don't think I'd ever consciously thought of her that way until just a, a few months ago when that man and Jonathan points to Carlton.
2: and I look behind me.
0: Blew my fucking mind.
2: I look. He points at me, and I just look at the person that's standing behind me and realize there's no one behind me. No,
3: that's you. That's you, baby. Yeah, oh,
2: you. You described her, and I was like, it sounds a lot like Dorvine. I mean, they're
0: they're not completely similar, only except for their their tiefling hood. But right, I'm saying yeah. it sounded
2: like you
4: had a type.
0: I've got a type, and that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs>
4: Is there a- anything oh, shit. else? I should have cla- actually clapped. It's fine. It'll be fine here. It'll be fine here. We're far enough a- away that it's not going to be a big deal. But I appreciate you uh... thinking about that. <laughs> I'll just ask, is there anything else you would like to do while you're waiting for Professor Wood? Or at this point, are you just waiting for her to be done? Taylor Cora
1: is going to look around to see if he finds any books.
4: In this room, you do not find any books. This does seem to be... It is styles as a classic drawing room but it seems to be more for sitting and entertaining and less like private study time did you want to go wander that the the magnificent mansion
1: yeah because travel course plan a was to drink but uh, the spellcasters seem to have that covered so plan b is to read
4: okay you wander back into the main hall of this magnificent mansion. There is another door opposite you. And there is a grand staircase. Leading up to a second floor. That also has a set of double doors. At the top. And where would you like to go?
1: Can't resist a nice set of double doors.
4: Alright. Uh, Shadow is going to lumber behind you. Curiously as you ascend the marble stairs. Head up into the second floor. Open the doors. There is an extension extensively long hallway massive three or four shadows could fit across this thing a oh i like measuring
3: things in shadows (laughs) it's like i feel like the unit of measurement would just be its butt lined up shoulder to shoulder
4: yep How, how many shadow butts can you fit across this hallway multiples there is a a nice red rug covering the marble floor keeping shadows paws pretty warm and muffling the clicks as you walk down what looks like a hallway that goes on for six or eight rooms on either side of you and another set of double doors at the end nothing seems to be labeled and it all looks exquisitely fantastic the only thing that's starting to feel a little off to you is there are no windows there's no peering out of this space that you intellectually know is a interdimensional space, and looking outside would be, probably be a problem, but it still feels odd to not have that connection to the outside.
1: The traveling Corps gonna be careful to listen for the sound of running water so as to go nowhere near wherever um, Professor Wood's bath is, because he's not a creep.
4: Okay. Roll a perception check. fourteen. Uh, Within a couple of feet, you very clearly hear not the sound of water, but the sound of what can only be Professor Wood apparently singing in the tub. You don't recognize what she's singing and... You don't hear enough of it through the door as you pass by. It's like the third door on your left. You don't hear enough through the door and what she's singing to be able to pick out too many of the words, but it's this lilting kind of sad little melody that you're unfamiliar with. It's it's bittersweet.
1: Oh, well, a little bit bummed out. Travancore's gonna head back downstairs.
4: Okay. How about the rest of you? Anything else while Travancore explores a bit? Uh Bernie's <laughs>
3: i for crew. some
4: club soda.
0: Oh. Okay. Oh.
4: Yeah, you've done this a couple times, Jonathan. So yep. I'm going to ask. There
0: are consequences. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, Constitution 13.
4: You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> the shots? Yeah, you're drunk.
0: Uh, we were
2: like in the study, the library, right? Was it? You
4: were in the drawing room. Drawing room. The ground floor in the front entrance. Yes. Okay. Barney.
2: I want to. I want to kind of, like, <laughs> like not snoop around, but, like, take a stroll, try to, like, find some books and stuff about, like, because we're going to an opera. Carlton has never been to an opera, so I basically want to look for the book of How to Go to an Opera for Dummies. <laughs> okay. Op- the opera cliff notes. <laughs> Op- the cliff notes of opera.
4: <laughs> Did you want to have followed Travancore, or were you going to go off in a different direction? Uh,
2: kind of, make it like, back out to the main hallway and then kind of suss out where i feel like it might be if i see any of those unseen servants i'll ask them
4: so you do see the unseen servants because they're not quite unseen they're mostly unseen however they do not speak Right, they, but they can lead me they uh, and so what do you ask
2: hey seen servant w- which which way to the books and stuff and things because i want to go to the opera and i want to be good
4: so this spectral apparition of a humanoid of indeterminate gender and appearance, just kind of the vague outline, head, arms, torso, we'll call floats. call you Kev. <laughs> this one's Kev. Kev. floats on up, and as you ask this, it points up to the second story where you'd actually uh, watch Travancore and Shadow go.
2: All right, I'm going to head up that way.
4: Okay. Travancore, as you turn around, after hearing the sad singing, you see Carlton standing there looking like Carlton.
1: Hey, bud. Hey. Do you see where the book room is? No, I didn't see any books up here. Might want to check the other way. Kev
2: said it was up this way, so you said oh, did he? the other way? Yeah, oh. Kev pointed this way.
4: There's easily a dozen doors down this hallway. Like, Travancore, you you can hear Professor Wood behind the one door. Obviously, that's where her bath is, but there are... Dozens of rooms up here. All the doors are closed, but Well,
1: process of elimination. You take one door, I'll take the other. We'll head our way down. Alright. And break.
4: Break. Okay. On the left, Carlton, are you just starting with the first door you see?
2: I mean, obviously he's I'm assuming Travic where you pointed out the one that is her bath.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so just, I'm just
2: starting with that one. No, 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 okay. no.
1: I I th- I just sort of let know don't go there. Like Professor Wood probably wouldn't take kindly to us interrupting your bath. Nor would anyone, really.
4: That totally makes sense. All right. On the left, Carlton, you open up the door. It opens uh, on silent hinges to reveal what looks like a very large closet, like an actual walk-in closet that seems to be filled with nothing but looks like dresses, maybe, in multitude of colors on two different racks kind of floor to ceiling and even at your height it's kind of impressive in where you could grab a dress from the top and a dress from the bottom just a giant room of dresses. Travancore, on your right you open up the door you find the complimentary room of shoes
1: ooh <laughs> alright I'm gonna try the next door
4: okay We'll we'll come back to our two snoopers in a moment, Bernie and Drunk Jonathan. What what are you two up to? Echoing down the hall is Jonathan the madmusker going,
0: "Bernie, I'm sorry I spilled the beans." That's, I'm sorry.
3: I you know, it's it's okay. Um there's a lot of beans on the floor, but we will clean them up.
0: We we're when you spill beans, you can make bean soup. I can heat the beans. Don't heat um, these beans. I did. No, okay.
3: No, we don't. I need um,
0: water too. I can make water.
3: You then can, I can make but fire. If you do make either of those things in this in this house, I do not think your professor will want to go on a date with you.
0: I think it's fine. So here's. Um, the way I this think works, she'll
3: be upset if you flood her house and then light it on fire.
0: And, and Jonathan the Mad Muscular like leads in, like all secret whispering. He's like, "It all goes away and comes back later." Okay, we can I, do whatever we want.
3: Okay, but just okay, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. We're still guests in this home, and if she gives you permission to flood her house and light it on fire, then you can do it.
0: So, Jonathan the Magic Muscular <laughs> actually had a finger point pointed with blue flame licking off of it, getting ready to firebolt like a random vase. But as soon as Bernie says that, he pauses. He's like, Jonathan the Magic Muscular appreciates that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that makes yeah, sense. That and makes- he slowly lowers his armed finger gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's how that goes. Uh, We don't light people's houses on fire.
0: Okay. Without their
3: permission.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm still sorry for the spilled bean soup.
3: I, you know, it's okay. I feel like a lot of this stuff was gonna come out anyway.
4: Uh, While this conversation's been going on, Carlton, on the left, you have found... A second closet that seems to be filled with a variety of other clothing. You've skipped past the room that you know Professor Wood is in taking her bath. You've then found a bedroom, another bedroom, a billiard room, and then what looks like a gallery. Like a... a What would be a small art gallery, but still like a a large room with multiple art pieces on the wall. Travancore on the right, you have found three more rooms of shoes. You've also found a billiard room, a music room with a tiny little stage, a baby grand piano, and pretty much every instrument you've ever heard of, a cloak room, and then you have found the library. Huzzah! The library looks a lot like the drawing room, and it's got those floor-to-ceiling bookshelves with the rolling ladder on it, like you see in super-rich houses, and one very comfy-looking chair. It's the only place to sit in the room, uh, a room that is just surrounded by walls and walls and walls of books.
1: Well, Travancore is going to grab the first interesting book and plop down in the chair.
4: Okay, as you plop down in the chair... An interesting thing happens. You notice when you go to plop down, it is this plush red velvet that is, it has a tall back and arms on it. And you also notice that it seems to be really nicely proportioned for Professor Wood. As a tiefling, she has a tail and it seems to have an indent and a hole that leads off in the correct direction for her tail. It, it You can kind of tell it is just the exact size that she would Prefer to sit in. As you sit in it, it starts to move and shift just ever so slightly, and the next thing you know, it's the perfect size for you. It's just the right height, the armrests have adjusted to the perfect place for you to be able to either lean on them or hold up the book, the plush has shifted to no longer need to accommodate a tail, and You could swear the chair almost shimmies to the left just a little bit to leave space on the floor for Shadow to curl up.
1: Wow, this is perfect.
4: I wonder if the Unseen Servants can hear me. Uh, There is one at the door. You've left the door open and one appears.
1: Sweet. Hmm. What will go well with reading? Maybe a nice thing of scotch or whatever they call scotch here because there is no Scotland in favor. I
4: I, I think they call it scotch because why not? Okay. So you ask for a scotch? Yeah, and I'm going to
1: read this book, whatever it is I I, I poked, picked off the wall.
4: Okay. Roll me a, just a d20. 11. Okay. You must have Carlton on your mind because you look down and you see it is the history of opera. Wow. It is It is the history of opera on the Sword Coast. And it is a It's kind of a dry little textbook. It this seems like this would be the kind of textbook that would be used in probably a <laughs> an opera 101 class in an actual college, but it is the study of opera. Carlton, you notice all of this because Travancore has just left the door open. Cool. Um,
2: I'm going to walk down and I'm going to be like, hey, Kev.
4: And whoosh, one of them's there.
2: So, Kev, we need to develop a system for response of yes and no so that we communicate. So, I want you to raise one hand for yes and two hands for no. Do you understand?
4: Uh, one hand goes up.
2: Okay. All those beautiful dresses that are Professor Wood's, were they made by the servants?
4: And two hands go up.
2: Okay. Are the servants able to make outfits for us to go to the opera?
4: No hands go up.
2: Hmm. Interesting, Kev. if Professor Wood were to ask you to make outfits for us to go to the opera, is that something the servants could do?
4: And once again, no hands go up. Wonderful. Answer unclear. Ask Kev again later. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
2: Kev, I'm going to go read a book. Uh, bye. And I hand
1: the textbook over to uh, to Carlton.
2: I will read said book on opera. I'm going to like immediately go to opera etiquette chapter. Okay. Because I know that if I am not on my best behavior, I don't have to worry about the Neverwinter police. I have to worry about Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> and I am more afraid of Bernie's wrath than I am the police.
4: I'm gonna say, with Travincore's help, it is pretty easy to find the limited information that's in the book on opera etiquette because it. This is just kind of a dry textbook about opera in general, and the actual performance of it is a small little chapter, and you find out three basic things that you think will help. One there is a uh, there's usually a house manager that you can talk to that would give you the information on the specific house that you're going to go visit because every opera house is a little different. And so if you're you're wondering about specific etiquette, you want to talk to the house manager. Two, it is encouraged for people who attend the opera to not just be on their best behavior, but uh, encouraged to not bring along anything that would get in the way of any of the magical accoutrements That some of the nicer opera houses, especially in the larger cities of Waterdeep, include things like magical lights and effects on the stage. And things that would be disrupted if, say, you had some way of disrupting magic and the third thing is to bring plenty of gold afterwards for snacks
2: gold best behavior house manager no jonathan imagine my
1: fucking got magic got it are you looking for a D podcast that'll make you laugh how about one that'll make you cry Sweat profusely with stress and anxiety because of a flippin' mule. Taking initiative as a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast with an audio drama feel. These episodes are scored, character-driven, and filled with utter bullshit, mostly because of Nick. Let's be honest. Featuring special guests, the Venture Maidens. D and D is for nerds and more. Plus, we're in Wizards of the Coast podcast of series.
4: Welcome,
1: everyone.
4: It's your power, Yeah, That was an interesting time you had, Nick.
1: I
2: pat the horse on the rump. Thank you, great grandfather.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> just said his hopes and dreams. He didn't cast a spell. You gotta get down deep and lift from the knees. So that's the
0: only big organ he has.
1: <laughs> Damn, Taking Initiative. Look us up on Twitter at TI underscore pod and on our website, TakingInitiativePodcast.com.
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons and Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple livestreams into a single, grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, Sea Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on March 1st at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. N-I-E-F-S-U-K-H-D-A-L-I So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. Downstairs, as Bernie and Jonathan continue to have their drunken conversation, you suddenly hear Professor Wood at the doorway. She is once again dressed, and it it is as if she hasn't spent the last hour or so in a bath. She looks primped and proper and happy and says did we did we lose several people did they leave where's Um, where's everyone gone
3: well uh, let's see uh two of our number are exploring the house looking for books about opera and one of our number is pouting for the rest of her life
4: well that seems like she is in an opera okay well that makes uh, sense hmm Books about opera, I, I have plenty. Well, did you have any questions yourself? I mean, I'm well-versed, of course. I'm just, I'm just an encyclopedia all on my own. Are you specifically wondering about the opera for tonight? Did you want to go? I mean, I know I've been talking about Sebastian and his opera, but I was not expecting with everything going on for you to have to take me up on that offer. A distraction would be...
0: We need a night off, Professor. He
4: needs to sober up. <laughs> <at me.
0: laughs>
4: it sounds like, yes, he's, he's already, oh, yes, the brandy is very strong. Oh, let's Wait, make sure. Wait, I have a cure.
0: Oh, you do have a cure? Yeah. Bernie's
4: going to restore him. I would highly suggest it. Nobody likes teleporting drunk. The consequences yeah. are dire. They oh.
0: told me in conjuration class, don't teleport and drink, or was it don't drink and teleport? I can oh. do. I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> Jonathan the mesh Muscular is getting his finger up to snap away, and he's like, uh.
3: "No, no, um, Jonathan, let's." Let's hang out here.
0: Okay. He lowers and, his snapping hand. Yeah,
3: that was, <laughs>
4: was some. As you do that, I'll say, um, Travancore and Carlton, you hear, because you've left the doors open for where you've been traveling, you hear the unmistakable voice of Professor Wood floating up from downstairs. Yep.
1: I'll mosey on back downstairs, and I'll take my scotch with me.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah, I'll follow with the with book in
1: hand. Sure. Oh. You guys ever play uh, Super, Mario Brothers, or Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island? You know how if you hit certain flowers, the music gets all warbly and weird?
4: <laughs> That's what I
1: imagined for drunk Jonathan magic muscular. The world gets warbly and weird? Yeah, well, just the music.
4: Yeah, Bucks has a a secondary contact drunk, and it's adorable and also disturbing. <laughs> oh because... my gosh, a little pygmy owl jumbling around in his little leggies! <laughs> He's smart enough to have gotten off of Jonathan's shoulder and is just... He, he's got the diluted eyes, but he's gripping the back of the, the couch with almost a death grip. And you can tell that the <laughs> the, the version of the drunk that B- Bucks is getting is not nearly as wonderful as what Jonathan is feeling.
1: Oh my, I find this quite disorienting.
4: Yes. <laughs> yes. If you could hear Bucks right now.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to...
0: <laughs> Little hiccuping nope. pig meow. <laughs> the tiniest... <laughs> The is Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: (laughs) And every time he does, he grips the couch tighter and his claws start to dig into the the, the cushions. Poor Bucks.
1: Celestials weren't meant to imbibe. No.
4: Who's got lesser restoration pulled up? I think that's what I was going to cast. Lesser- I will say lesser restoration will cure him of of drunkenness cuz it removes poison so if you'd like she, to use it yeah
3: she's going to lesser restore him because she feels like he is still trying to
4: make a good impression on his professor and uh being drunk isn't the way to do that Uh yeah so Carlton as you and Travancore arrive you find Bernie booping Jonathan on the nose and his flushed drunken pallor uh, immediately sobers, and Jonathan, you have the awkward sensation of becoming suddenly sober without the transition period. And while it's nice to not be hungover, it's disconcerting to suddenly not be drunk.
3: Welcome back,
0: oh Jonathan! Oh, and Jonathan the Madrigal-like shakes, and Jonathan the muscular has you have restored feeling to his face. This is good. <sighs>
4: uh Jonathan you hear in your in your or you don't hear in your head you feel bucks send you a message that is a picture of you cartoonishly ridiculously drunk like his view of you while you were drunk and you turn to look at bucks who is no longer feeling the effects of this alcohol but is glaring angrily at you in a way that you think he might be super pissed
0: buddy i Oh god, I I forgot that that was a thing. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'll 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 think about it. Like uh, tell you what, Betty, buddy. If if you want, if you ever want to feel that way on your own, just let me know. I will get drunk for you. Otherwise, I will I will take my foot off the gat off that gas as it were. I am very sorry. I love you.
4: This whole time Bucks has been uh, doing the unblinking owl angry stare and Finally, as you finish up, he just slowly turns his head away.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm gonna... Jonathan the Magic Musk is gonna have to fi- figure out how to make this right for his buddy.
4: Well, did you find what you were looking for? Or were you just looking for good drinks and a good time?
3: Well, we, um... Did we find... I mean... Well,
1: we got the opera book. We got a chance to sort of... No, oh, decompress a little bit. It's been a rough uh, couple of days, so I think a respite is certainly welcome. But I think opera might be just the thing we need to uh, to brighten our spirits.
4: Well, of course, I'm more than happy to get your tickets. The there's always room for a couple more people in my box. Hmm.
0: So Jonathan the muscular now that he can think, ah, ah, yeah, that's weird. A little straighter, ah. <laughs> uh, When we get in, Professor Wood, we will be teleportation circling back to the Academy? Or where where are we going?
4: That's the plan. That's how I was going to get back. I was just going to send a message to my contact, and he was going to take care of everything from there. But it may just take a couple of extra moments because he was expecting to only have me. But yes, we were going to just come back to the Academy. Okay,
0: that's good. So... Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to at least stay on the Academy grounds for a little bit and and try and interface with a couple of professors. Let's see. Maybe Professor Umbara. Uh let's oh, shoot. Who else? Let me see. Uh maybe Professor Goldstrom. I don't I don't know. Like I basically well, Professor Umbara is the one who would I would talk to probably about the training grounds. Uh, he is an evoker. And uh and probably Professor Goldstrom, because they 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 also might have clout in the in the training grounds these days. I'm not sure, but yeah, you know, I think securing permission for that, maybe talking and uh, and maybe getting getting an ally or two, and then after that, I guess I would meet up with you guys and and get my get a get a nice set of dress robes for tonight.
4: I think those are all very good plans. I would suggest that maybe you hold off on doing all of that uh, planning and schmoozing until after you get an outfit. Because we're going to be getting back with only a couple of hours to spare. Oh, okay. look, you look marvelous, my dear. But none of you look opera ready. No,
2: Professor Wood, do you have – I apologize. When I was looking for the library, I may have stumbled upon your closet – lovely gowns by the way
4: oh thank you i have i do have quite the collection probably too many is
2: is your gown maker able to make us suits and dresses in time for the opera or
4: Uh, well, I get my closet from multiple places. I can certainly give you a recommendation. Probably not something totally tailored, but nothing custom, but definitely something that would fit your form for sure. There are plenty of options. I mean, certainly you can either do a dress or a suit, or if there is something more traditional, as long as you are fairly covered, it is still never winter and winter, my dear. Right, well, that's why
0: wizards do dress robes. They're a little bit of both. And he goes up for a high five to uh to, to Professor Wood.
4: It's just she. She looks at your high five for a moment, like a little a little like, oh sure, and then she gives you a high five. <laughs> Not exactly what she was expecting. Uh, does that mean we're ready to go? I think so. Um,
3: we well, we did promise we would go tell a nice lie okay we can't just disappear
0: oh you mean at the mining camp you want to say
4: okay
3: we have to (sighs) we have to be more than what they think we are
4: that's always a good plan people should always think you are more than what you are and you're all quite a lot so that's already a very high bar yes
3: yes okay quite a lot
4: It's going to take a moment anyway for me to prepare. As I said, I need to send a sending to a friend. And they'll probably have to come out and teleport the lot of us, to be honest. But I can get that set up momentarily. How long do you need? Um,
3: Travancore, you said you were going to come and lie with me. So, uh, how long? It's a little ten minutes. Not a lot.
4: Yeah, we can lie together. It's fine. All right. Well... Once we leave here, I'm going to collapse the house. So unless you need the house anymore. Also, um, and she points to the book and says, I can get you another copy, but that does need to stay here. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here. I I just was thumbing through it.
4: Oh, absolutely. You're more than welcome any time. I just didn't want you to be surprised when you left the house and it didn't come with you.
2: No, 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 no. no. I wouldn't. I would never think about taking your things.
4: <laughs> All right.
2: You're a friend. I, I don't steal from friends.
4: That's good to know. I I would give to you, but once again, I couldn't take it out either. And she will escort you out of the house. If you're all set, back out into the cold of the mining camp. And as the door closes behind all of you, as she ex- as you all exit, she puts her hand on the door where the knocker would be. And speaks a few magic words and it collapses back down into this tiny little door with a spoon and a marble. And she picks all the pieces up, puts them back in her pocket and says, I'm going to go find a a nice dry place to sit for a moment and send a sending or two and just let me know when you're ready to go. Hopefully sooner rather than later. It's cold.
0: Uh, Professor, I'll come with you. I, I'm not. I'm not particularly adept at lying, so uh, I think I think these guys will will handle our alibi quite well.
4: Okay, she's gonna just go find like a spot near one of the trees nearby where she can she can just stand. Um, who's gonna hang out with her, and who's gonna go wherever you need to go?
2: I'm gonna go with Wood because I have some questions about tailors slash dressmakers.
4: Sure. And so Travancore and Bernie are making the pilgrimage, I'm assuming, to go speak to the Overseer? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. You walk into the outside. Bernie is familiar with the way. Bernie leads you towards the the Overseer's office. You get into the outer area where the the young dwarf is there who recognizes you and nods and says... The, Uh, Carissa's already inside, but hold on just a moment. And he knocks on the door to the main office and then pokes his head inside. And then you very quickly hear the two of you being ushered on on in. And there in the office is the overseer and Carissa Kinaburo, both of them looking grim as you walk on in. And the young dwarf outside closes the door behind you. And Carissa is quick as you approach to... Bernie do something you're now familiar with which is to come on over and lock the door with that very specific clicking noise and uh the overseer looks at all of you and says I was just getting the the fill in
3: Yes we will be heading
4: to Neverwinter to um
3: take care of a problem that's arisen but also to get the requisite forms needed to document the problem that arose here. And we will bring you back a form that you can document this problem on. And then perhaps once the problem has been documented, we can continue on with the inspection.
4: Okay. Are you planning on leaving with your your friend out there?
3: Yes, our associate is going to help us with transit to Neverwinter.
4: Okay. Well, she was uh, an anomaly. Showed up. That's easily enough explained. How you're leaving is easily enough explained. It's going to be a little odd when you return. I'll see what I can do to smooth things over, but it's going to be awkward, that's for sure. Hopefully this thing that's trailing you won't be trailing you anymore by the time you come back.
3: Yes that is the general idea.
4: Never winter you say. Never winter. We don't have a temple there but if you can maybe figure out a way to warn us before you come back I think I would appreciate the heads up. I can make sure that things are in a state that makes the most sense.
3: Um yes I'll I'll do my best.
4: Okay. She kind of just looks at you and she's very somber and curts the wrong word, but like, she's a little more formal. And Chris has been silent the whole time. And there's this awkward silence. And then finally, the overseer says, good luck in this endeavor. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. And they kind of sit there and watch you. Do you just get up and leave?
3: Yeah, we're going to get up and leave. Bernie yeah. has none time or words. Yeah,
1: I am I am following Bernie's lead.
4: Yeah, it's it's a chilly reception. Not unkind, but definitely it's a bit different than the last time you were here, Bernie. Uh, but yeah, you unlock the door and leave. Head back over to where Jonathan and Carlton have been standing Actually, with Professor Wood. Oh,
1: Can I bring something over with Bernie while we're walking back? Sure.
4: Yes, sure. So
1: I wanted to walk, run something by you. So as the pla- as I understand the plan, um, once we're in a safe place in Neverwinter, post-opera, somewhere safe, um, you'll re- cure the geese of me anyway, and then the Yugolov shows up, and then we we have a skirmish, right?
3: Do we? You want to run that? Julia, the player, knows it's been a while since we've played. Yeah, and so and Jack does maybe has forgotten that people are probably listening in. Well, yeah, so, once we're far
1: away enough from all of them, or well, just on the way not, back.
3: No, as in, like, remember that lantern you had to check and see if somebody was scrying on you?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so. The so, ones so. you always forget about? <laughs> yeah, so, I, so Jack wouldn't know, but Travacore would certainly be wise enough to have the lantern on, knowing the situation they're in and knowing that there's
4: not.
3: I, I feel like Bernie would have stopped you mid-sentence yeah. and said... Yeah, lantern. W- and you're she like, would once lantern. we're done, you're gonna, and I would say, yeah, I would, um, I think we actually, you know, it's a pretty cloudy day. I would get that lantern of
4: yours out. Okay.
1: So I get the lantern out.
4: All right. As you're walking, you light the lantern and um, shine it all about within multiple feet of you don't see anything that would uh, set off the lantern, so nothing invisible is around you. And I want to keep doing that while I'm talking at roughly
1: 90 second intervals, which I think is enough, like, unless it's super fast, it's going to be enough time. So as I understand our our deal, basically, once uh, you, you cure me, the, the geese goes away, is that right?
3: Yeah, from everything I understand, yeah.
1: Okay, and that would obviate the need for me to write a will that would designate somebody who to take care of this right
3: yeah as long as you don't feel suddenly compelled to do that
1: okay i had an idea i wonder about you if i feel that that compulsion sure i was thinking that if i have to if i'm forced to if i no you need to do that of writing chris Kinaburo's name on that thing you know what serves her right after what she almost did and I'd be fine with it. If anything happened to me, this thing finding its way to her and then her destroying it because, you know, she's going to keep getting in trouble her way if she doesn't. And she knows exactly how to destroy it and she knows where to destroy it.
3: Uh, you know, I have thought about revenge for a very long time, Cavancore. Since I figured out... Since I figured out when I was very little, I was very confused. I just thought they didn't love me. Which, I, Whatever way you weigh it, it's probably accurate. I'm still angry, and I think I will be angry until maybe the day that I die. And I do not have forgiveness in my heart for her. And perhaps that is a personal failing, but that's a failing that I'm going to have to deal with. But what I don't have anymore is any kind of desire for revenge. Because that's what this would be. And if for some reason all of this goes just incredibly south, I don't particularly want a reason to see her again. And these are our problems. I would hate to want to be like her in any way, shape, or form. I think she is defensive, and I think she is angry, and I think she is mean. Because in her heart, she knows she's wrong. And people tend to double down when they know they're wrong. So I'm not going to be her. And we're not going to curse her to deal with our problems. Uh, if, if you are somehow compelled to write that well, we will figure it out when we get there. and We'll cross that bridge. But I feel like we got a we got a lot of miles between here and there, and ideally we'll never go down that road.
1: I guess you're right. She was pretty shocked when she saw the first giants out there. I'm not sure she'd be equipped to handle this. Come to think of it, it's a death. It'd be tantamount to a death sentence. And whatever she. Uh, well, the other name I had in mind was a big chromatic dragon that we know. Uh, He'd be well, able to handle himself.
3: Yeah, but do we want him to have this?
1: that's another point. That's a good point. Like, especially if he learns he's not unresourceful. He could probably figure out the name with other agents. You know what? You're right. Cross the bridge when we get there was kind of an unworthy thought of, uh, of me, I guess. Someone supposedly on the path to redemption. But uh, I got mad. I got real mad.
3: You know what? Um, yeah, me too. Now I just feel kind of empty. It's okay. She sucks. They all suck. They're all pieces of shit. Why do you think my parents didn't live with them?
1: (sighs) I can relate to family issues.
3: Yeah, I do remember telling you one time sometimes family just sucks. You don't really get to choose them very often. In fact, you don't really get to choose it at all.
1: Not in the one direction, but the other way you can.
3: Yeah. So if she wants to be miserable for the rest of her life, she can be a sad, miserable sack of shit for the rest of her life. Because I've seen inside their temple, and there ain't no joy there. So let's
4: go to the opera. Sounds good to me. All right. You make it over to where Jonathan Carlton and the professor have been standing. Uh, Have the... The three of you been doing anything in specific? She was going to just cast sending and, and get ready for the teleport. Is there anything the two of you would like to do?
2: Once she's done with the sending, and I'm, like, by now seeing Jonathan do it a thousand times, I'm pretty sure I can see when it's over. I'm going to ask her uh, for her recommendation of someone that she knows that would have a tuxedo dress combo. Or if that's going to be at the custom job.
4: Oh, no, I know exactly who to send you to. It, I can send you to Fantastic Taylor. We'll be able to take care of all of you. We'll have an, a decent selection. Probably not a lot of color, but definitely a lot no, of styles. No, just a regular black
2: tuxedo dress is all okay. I'm looking for.
4: I can absolutely do that.
2: Mainly from like the Billy Porter collection, if possible.
4: Oh, his stuff is fantastic. So
3: good. Oh, I not... really like the idea that in the fantasy world, Billy Porter is a
4: successful designer making. Uh, absolutely, Billy it Porter. It is not canon. In Drugs and Drunks, that it's Billy Porter canon. is. A... Yep, I think I I think they are an aladrin of renown who just appears in a season. Somewhere in the world and drops amazing fashion, and so yes, the the Billy Porter cannot be found in Neverwinter, but the Billy Porter collection absolutely.
2: Yes. And if you all go to our our uh, messenger chat,
4: oh, what am I doing?
2: There's an image there. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh, exactly no. what carlton's thinking of.
3: When this episode comes out, perhaps we will post this.
4: Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Oh, but <laughs> that's, that's what nice. What Carlton wearing? That's a nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, you describe that and she says, now I'll give you my name and that will get you a bit of a discount, but it is going to be expensive, but it'll be fabulous.
2: I, I pull her in close. I'm a barbarian. I don't spend my money on jack shit. I don't have something <laughs> no, <no>. to describe.
4: <laughs> she looks over at Jonathan.
2: This is the one nice piece of clothing I'm going to have. <laughs> Look at this. And I like point to the tattered rags I'm wearing.
4: You let him know, and I know exactly who to send you to, And, uh, but you need to make sure that you've got someplace nice to put that. You cannot be carrying this art piece around. Oh, no, no, no. In, in...
2: I, have a, I have a, I have a, like your house, I have a house that is in another dimension.
4: Perfect. Excellent. We'll get you a steam iron. It'll be great. Ah, oh, lovely. And at this point, because it was a very quick discussion, Travancore and Bernie arrive, and Jonathan was there anything you wanted to do before this uh,
0: happens he's probably just ten- tangentially on that conversation just asking about the latest fashion in in dress robes like what's in what's out because yeah, it's been a while since he's since he's gone to any kind of function i would imagine he would have had like a cheap set of dress robes in college for functions but i mean he's grown a bit and uh, probably needs new ones
4: okay And yes, uh, so she's going to give you the name of this this tailor in town that she knows could outfit all of you. Bernie and Travancore, when you arrive, she's she'll she'll say the same. She's going to uh, give some recommendations. She's going to advise that you not bring your companion animals if possible. And she says that there would be multiple places that she could recommend to either house them, or if they want to hang out by the stables near the uh, the opera house. And and she gives you all a look and says as much as uh, little tuxes on all three of them would be absolutely adorable. They they do recommend not bringing familiars into the opera. Um, it's t- too many chair requirements, really. And, um, and finally, make sure you've got at least five gold each for snacks. It's, it's. It's kind of a, a customary thing that afterwards they have a little soiree. That's basically how they make their money, uh, because the tickets are are free for the, the vast majority of the public. That's how they keep the, the actual ruling house out of the affairs. So uh, bring some money for snacks afterwards. But they do have some fabulous cheese and wine after the performance, so... And then you see her her face go a little distant. And Jonathan, you would recognize this as receiving a sending. And she kind of has that thousand yard stare. And then she nods and says, fantastic, Jeffrey is ready. And on cue, a man appears, a well-dressed human in distinctive at least for jonathan wizard's robes he's an older human uh seems to be mostly plain looking except he's got this bright blue mohawk that looks uh like it was dyed specifically to match these piercing blue eyes and he has a frown On his face as he appears and looks down at the snow and looks at all of you. And Jonathan, you recognize the head of the evocation department, Jeffrey Trugust, who frowns at all of you in a way that is familiar, that you know not to take personally, that this is just how he interacts with everybody. And this this gentleman says, my shoes are wet.
0: Jonathan the muscular as soon as he saw Professor Tugust, immediately straightens up and hands behind his back,
4: while the uh, Professor Wood laughs and says, oh, "Jeffrey, you can just press to digitate it later. I'm just saying." And Jeffrey actually cuts her off and says, "Shall we go before the rest of me gets wet?" Yes, sir. <laughs> the holly does not look perturbed at all she continues to smile and just shrugs it off and says all right gather round everybody jeffrey's gonna get us back to the academy and it's it's going to be lovely now that we're not all drunk and pulls you in close as the this wizard starts to make some incantations in the air uh jonathan some motions that you are very familiar with and then there is this Lurch as you are all teleported from this space and then arrive in what seems to be a very plain wooden room, just a, a, a simple dark hardwood floor, some wood panelings, a single door and two armed guards. Standing at attention, not with weapons drawn, not looking menacing, but definitely in uh, what to Jonathan would be very familiar armor of the guard of Neverwinter. And the professor turns to all of you, Professor Holly Wood, and says, Welcome to Neverwinter. Let's get you dressed. And we're going to pause there. And the next time we get together, you will be at the tailor's. And I want you to think about exactly what your characters will be wearing to the uh, to the opera. It will be expensive. We will be talking about that a little bit later. So bring your gold. But I will say pretty much anything you ask for will be able to be provided. And uh, at a variety of Billy Porter of prices. dress! Yes, you will be able to get your tuxedo dress. And the opera will happen. And then we'll pick it up from there. But let me give you some experience for... Deciding to search the house, which I thought was funny. I was fully expecting you all to just start searching through the Magnificent Mansion, which has a a lot of rooms. uh, For drunk Jonathan and uh, corollary slightly drunk Bucks. For Bernie having a nice reflective moment with Travencore on the walk back. About some, some pretty intimate moments about anger and revenge and forgiveness. And for Tuxedo Dress. I'm going to give you a total of six thousand four hundred experience to split between the four of you. The next time we get together, it's the opera, everybody! Oh, this is going to be so exciting! The opera, darling! The opera, darling! So exciting! Go to the opera! Thanks for listening to our adventure. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows LLC.